Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So we had a very exciting draw in the fourth Ashes Test, Joey. It was very close to an Australian win. A few overs, maybe it would have happened. Bad light, maybe it would have happened. Not as much rain, maybe it would have happened. They went off for the first rain delay less than five overs into the match. In total, there were five rain delays across day one, so it was pretty affected. But I think overall, we got just over four days worth of play across the five days accumulatively. So it was enough for a result. But alas, England can save face a little. Thanks mainly to Johnny Bester. I love how you use the phrase exciting draw because I know that there are millions and millions of people out there who'd be like, what's that's it, a contradiction. What's exciting about a draw? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You don't understand, that's what. No. So yes, Australia 8-4, 416 declared and 6 for 265 declared. Draw with England 294 and 9 for 270. Yeah. Tantalisingly close. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. <laughs> Summed up perfectly by Ali Martin, the cricket writer from The Guardian. Test cricket, where bad light can see a batsman trying to bowl his team to victory against two bowlers trying to bat their team to a draw. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Beautiful. Yeah, it's true. It is very, very nice to see, well, firstly, a test go to day five, which is certainly what I think a lot of English fans and certainly Mike Atherton were after. Yes, another one this series, yep. But yes, even nicer that it literally came down to the last ball of the match. Yes. Knowing that there could still be... A different result. It's not often you see a test where you feel like multiple different outcomes are perfectly suitable. Australia probably deserved to win it. Anytime you declare twice and you're one wicket away from winning at the end, you do feel kind of robbed. But I think given how the rest of the tour has gone, even though it's a little bit too late, the way that England fought, they well and truly deserved something out of it. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think Australia probably should have declared earlier and that probably hurt them too. Well, we will talk about that. But, yep. but yeah, I mean, sure. Like England didn't field particularly well. I'm looking at you, Joe Root, dropping Kawaja on 28 with an absolute soda. Oh, mate, that was terrible, wasn't it? And then he goes on and makes 130 odd. Do you know what that reminded me of? So when we were kids, we used to dolly catches to each other. Yep. And we'd do the old team that can never get a hat trick. So we'd dolly <laughs> one catch, dolly another one catch, dolly another one, ooh, 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 juggle it around, intentionally drop it. And that was kind of one of the, I don't know, the things you do to pastimes as a kid. <laughs> Where did that even come well, from? Well, that's what it reminded me of. That catch, that dropped catch with Kawaja on 28 was that bad. It reminded me of us intentionally dropping catches when we used to play team that can never get a hat trick. Absolutely. There were also times, I guess you could argue, where it looked like they were just bowling to get a declaration. But honestly, as you mentioned, Johnny Bairstow, the way that he dug in, the way that Stokes dug in, you know, both of them in both Yeah, games, after I criticised Stokes' resilience at the crease too. Stokes did, yeah. yeah. Really and they're did. both injured. Yeah. Oh, they really They're banged are. up. Yeah. I mean, Stokes' side is stuffed. Bairstow copped a really nasty one on the hand. In oh, he's the playing first. with a broken thumb. And, and Zach Crawley as well. Yes. They give him yeah. a lot of credit. I mean, he... Made a, a really nice 77. After getting out off a no ball. Well, yes. It's been a few of them. Look, sometimes you got to take the bit of luck. I mean... Oh, of course. It, Absolutely. Both teams. A, happens yeah. to a number of players. Oh, it happens every match. I honestly believe, though, that that century from Johnny Bairstow is the most courageous innings. Certainly one of the most courageous ones I've ever seen. Dean Jones, probably the all-timer for the... Oh, in, in recent history, it, it's hard to think of, of a bigger one. And yeah, it's, it was a very, very good knock. And it wasn't just that he made a century. It was how he did it. 71 strike rate with, as you say, you know, a broken, a hand, a broken yeah. bone in his hand. Like yep. Every time that that ball hits the bat, that's, that's got to be reverberating up there. Yep. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Just quickly, do you reckon he's a bit of a mixed marriage between Cameron and Mitchell from Modern Family? <laughs> 
I think I started laughing before you finished that because you put it in our chat. Yeah. You actually had to explain. You just referred to him as modern family. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so, <laughs> But, he, yeah, look, I, I can see it. I can he, see he's it. He's always had a little bit, and it, it's because he's got the beard and he's got the, the sort of the ginger hair, but he's he's stacked on a few kilos. There's no two ways. Well, I mean, we can't talk. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. He's, yeah. he's doing it for all the slightly short, pudgy <laughs> blokes out there like me. So I appreciate that. But it, just the way that he's kind of got a bit rounder in the face it kind of thought he looks a little bit like a mix yeah no we could call him modern family from now yeah modern family yeah good times i did find it really interesting though in the first dig england going 71 balls without a single run how does that happen i know it's bizarre it's bizarre like okay bowling cummins green all on fire but surely you can find a single in 12 overs well on day three in the first session they were four for 36 and then in the second session they were none for 99 So it it really was a tale of different sessions across the board throughout the duration of the match. Yeah. Yeah. Now, talking of riding luck, and again, like I said, both teams will always ride luck in a test match. There's going to be dropped catches. There's going to be missed thumpings, missed runouts. There was a pretty key missed runout by Alex Carey. His glove work was a bit iffy. Patches, anything. But how was the Cameron Green one? So the ball hits the stumps very clearly. Bales don't come off, so he's not out. I think it was Ben Stokes. It was Stokes, yeah. So, yeah, another bizarre well, one. Well, they've gone up and appealed because he's thought, oh, well, the bales haven't come off. It must have hit the back pad. Yeah. And off we go. Yep. And, yeah, sure enough, it's. I remember watching it at the time doing a really sort of incredulous sort of appeal. Like, how was that? Yeah, no, I knew it wasn't out because I've seen it happen before. I think I'm pretty sure that's hit the stump. Yeah, yep. No, I've seen it happen before where the stump hasn't been dislodged. It's just one of those really unlucky things. But did you see the footage of David Warner after like poking, (laughs) prodding, moving a little bit, banging? It's like, how much does it take to get this fucking bail dislodged? Get get Josh Butler out. He'll find a way. (laughs) Well, yeah, if it yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. So, Nath, the declaration, we've kind of alluded to it. Yes. There's obvious questions here. And I know your answer to the first one. Did it come too late? I think it probably did. But hindsight's twenty twenty. But it probably did. Yeah. Was this a declaration that said there are only two outcomes in this game and neither of them are England wins? Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. So clearly there was only going to be a draw or an Australia win. Even if they declared the minute Kawaja got that ton, that still would have been about 15 extra minutes. And when you're bowling at tailenders, who knows? That might have been enough time. But again, hindsight's 2020. Maybe he should have declared before Kawaji got the ton. But they wanted to give him that incredible record. Very few players have got tons in both innings, which hats off to Usman. I actually called for him to be in the first test. I actually went back and listened to make... No, I know know that I was dead set against it. And we'll, we'll talk about Uzi in a minute as well, but... Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I think... Yeah, you, I mean, you're right. You're absolutely, there's no way to possibly know. But I think Cummins had a plan in place. Sometimes these plans don't work yeah, out. Yep. I mean, maybe in an alternate universe, the light stays at the end of day five and Australia can bowl pace and they get the last wicket. And I'm glad you bring up the light because the really unfortunate thing is he threw the ball to Lyon before bad light was called. He might have got another over or two himself. Or Boland. Boland could have got another over or two and he was looking very damaging. He's looked very damaging every time he's touched the ball. So I bet he probably wishes he had that one back. Don't just throw the ball to the spinners. I mean, okay, Nathan Lyon, pretty special player. Reasonable, yeah. You could be forgiven for thinking he would have taken that final wicket, but you just wonder if he wishes he he maybe kept the ball himself or threw it to mm. Scotty Boland. Look, I don't have a major problem with the timing of it. I, you look at it and say a lot seemed to kind of transpire against Australia winning. 
we've got, as we've already mentioned, Alex Carey had a shocker with the gloves. Yep. Steve Smith uncharacteristically dropped one at slips now. Oh, uh, no, yeah. It, it, that was a half chance. It, it carried. Yeah, but fucking hell. This is Steve Smith we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, nah, but that, that's a really, really tough chance. Like, his reaction time would have been less than a half a second. It carried, but it was a millimeter off the ground. You can look at me however you want. Oh, it's, it's, and you can look at me how you want. It is Stephen Smith. No, no, I love Smitty. He is. But I, I, that was only a half chance to me. I, I, yeah. I think it's a lot more than a half chance. Oh, no, no, yeah. Knowing how good Smitty is. Yeah. Some of the catches he has taken the slip. Oh, from, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. is a phenomenal, and he will be pissed off at himself for dropping it because it was a very, very crucial point of the match that could have easily been the difference. Anyway, as we mentioned, Cam Green bowling Ben Stokes on when the bales don't fall off. Yep. And then just as importantly, the rain. Another thing, of course, is if Camo doesn't get that double wicket maiden towards the end, we're not even talking about this because England are only seven down. Well, this is it. He's not an in-swing bowler. He's not a guy who gets LBWs. I think they said it was... Oh, that York to Wood, though. Yeah. Oh, that was incredible. It was the ninth and tenth LBWs of his entire international career. That toe cruncher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that was quite uncharacteristic. Yep. But yeah, it just, it did. It seemed like a few things maybe transpired against and maybe it was destiny that the English side held on for a draw. And, it, and it's it's what the series needed was oh, yeah. a sign of life. Yeah, and good on Crawley as well for digging in. And well, he, he actually went at quite a, a good rate. Mm. So yeah, uh, this is what you love about Test Cricket. And I'm, I'm glad it went to five days because I actually got to see some of it. Yeah, well, that, that is a good thing. <laughs> because those first couple of tests, because they were on while we were at work, I didn't get to see nearly enough. But I actually feel like I've seen enough Test Cricket this summer now because I watched a lot of day four and five of this one. Now, it is time, I guess, to return a little bit of serve on Sydney. They're always giving us shit. Time for us to give Sydney a little bit back. And it's a fantastic tweet that I saw from one Rick Finlay. And it was talking about the amount of tests that each capital city hosts per washout, that being a complete day lost to rain. Yeah, I saw this one as well. And Rick Finlay is one of the great Twitter followers if you're a cricket aficionado. He is fantastic. So Adelaide, one washout for every 40 tests. That's a pretty good effort. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, you'll take that. Hobart, surprisingly, was after them. One in every 13. Yeah, okay. Melbourne, one in every 11.4. Brisbane, one in every eight. Sydney, one in every 4.36. Wow. That's horrible. Yeah. Perth, never. Yeah. Never. Well, Warnie made the good point. They need to change the calendar. Maybe they shouldn't get the New Year's test. Maybe they need to look at the rainfall and try and fit it in somewhere else. Yeah, like Perth. No, no, I mean, the, put the Sydney test <laughs> no, somewhere else in the, you know, I don't, and, and look, maybe you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't anyway with this one. Absolutely. But the thing is, it's not even like we have an amazing Ashes record at the SCG anyway. 27 wins, 22 losses, and eight draws now. Yeah, right. It's not phenomenal. And you no. can't even say, oh, yeah, but what about recently? We've only won three in the last six Ashes tests at the SCG. Two losses and a draw to go with that since 2003. Mm. So, well, England won the series in 2010. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah. it's not even like it's a happy hunting ground the, no. way, the way that Brisbane was. Or, oh, yeah, but you still got to play. It's the SCG for Christ's sake. You still got to play there. Why? But, well, yeah. Yeah. What's well, the SCG for Christ's sake? You got the money, Stewie. The money. Why? They seat a lot more people than Bell Reeve, for example. Do they seat more than Perth? Uh, and, well, I, and, I, and I know why we lost it. I yeah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. saying. Like, yeah, well, I would be going this Saturday. Front row seats I had if it had been going ahead. Just yeah. still go. <laughs> uh, well, and, the queues won't be bad. Just sit there and yell. <laughs> Come on, get the game going. <laughs> it's a bloody outrage. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, well, well, that's pretty damning. I did see that tweet, but I didn't remember it being that bad. Yeah, okay. Come on, Sydney. Yeah. Get it together. Indeed. So Usman Kawaja, what a story. Indeed, yep, yep. What a story. Yep. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, including yourself, calling for him to join the squad. I wasn't sure because, I mean, he'd been pretty poor in the lead-up. He had 11-5 and against a second-string English bowling lineup. But sometimes it takes a little bit of luck. As I mentioned, that aforementioned drop by Joe Root propels him on to make a century. And then a second one from there. Aussies with twin centuries in an Ashes test, there's now six. So Warren Bardsley in 1909, Arthur Morris in 1947, Steve War 97, Hayden 2002, Steve Smith in 2019, and now Kawaja. Yeah. Oh, it's a very rare feat. It's good enough getting 100, let alone 200s in two innings. Mm. Incredible. And he also joins Ricky Ponting and Doug Walters as the only players with twin centuries at the SCG. So absolute masterclass of batting from a guy. He just looked relaxed. Oh, that offside stuff was fantastic. The cuts, the cover drives. Yeah, beautiful. Mm. Yeah, he is more relaxed. He does play more relaxed because I think he knows that he's not a walk-up to the team. He's just happy to be there, I think. Well, yeah. So he's playing with a bit more freedom. Well, he's not batting to stay in the side for the next century because he knows that he's probably only got a few years left. Yep. So if he can make the most of it, have a bit of fun, it'll, be, it'll him, be what it'll be and the cards will fall where they may. And look where they fell. Yep. So, yeah, really, really great to watch. And, and he's probably done enough to hold his spot for the next test. Oh, surely. You'd think. You, they can't Jason Gillespie him, can they? Like, correct. You, you would hope not. Yeah. Pretty. pretty yeah. Well, the way Marcus Harris has been pretty unimpressive. So, but they're saying that Travis Head may not definitely come back. So it's, it's a bit interesting. I actually, if I went for the stupid test championship and it didn't mean a little bit more, I would have loved to have seen them throw in a few different guys knowing we're going to the subcontinent. I think we've got something like 10 or 11 tests. Okay. So I would have liked to see Swepson get a game in Hobart and maybe a couple of the other fringe batters as well, but I don't think it'll happen. Yeah. Well, that's probably a perfect segue into selection. So do you have any thoughts, I guess, start with the Aussies? Any thoughts on people coming in and out? Well, apparently Hazelwood's no good anyway, so he's not going to be right. He's done, yeah. They're worried about Stark's workload, but he's so good with the pink ball. So I think you have to play Stark, even though he's probably going to be bloody knackered by the end of it. I'd like to see Kawaja come in for Harris, probably, if Head comes back in. If Head doesn't come back in, then I guess the only change, well, maybe no change. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I, I had Head for Harris, definitely. Yeah. If he's, if, if if he's, he's good, yeah. I mean... Harris made some runs, you know, 38 and a 27, but the, the suspect footwork. And he hasn't been great in the field either. No, he dropped an absolute yeah. sitter at bat pad. Yeah. In a really key moment. And that was off Stokes as well. Yeah. I did actually have Richardson in for Stark because I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. Richardson will move it around a little bit as well. But yeah, Stark just looked so tired. In that well, well I've just remembered Boland might be in a bit of trouble. So Richardson might come in for Boland. I think. There you go. Yeah. Or, or the other forgotten guy, Neza. You know? Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Michael Neza came in and took a five for in his yep. only test. So yeah, it just everyone who's it's come so in, competitive. Everyone yeah. who's come in with bat and ball yep. has done something. It's yep. yeah, it's been magnificent. England, where do you go? Well, they'd be crazy to play Stokes and Bairstow when they're banged up as bad as they are. Yep. And I think you I think the test championship is gone. Well, yeah. I mean, they've lost the ashes. They've already lost three tests to start the year. It's, it's going to be hard for them. Yeah. Butler's the other one with a cloud. So they might be changing three players. Apparently they're getting Sam Billings up there to potentially have a crack. So who's left for England, basically? Yeah. I mean, I think 
Hamid's absolutely done like a dinner. Like, uh, I think he might play just because of numbers, but beyond this series, he's probably in a bit of trouble. I mean, maybe Crawley and Burns are their openers. You, you've got to go with Burns. I yeah. Mean, okay. He's probably the lesser of two fairly average openers, but at the end of the day, he has made runs against Australia. He just needs to get past the first 10 overs and he'll be fine. But Bairstow and Butler will miss. It's unlikely that Stokes will play as well. I think Ollie Pope and Billings to come in for those two. If Stokes doesn't play, yeah, pick someone out of the Wokes, crowd. probably Wokes. Wokes, maybe, yeah. He's kind of an all He's pretty much an all-rounder, but not to the level that Stokes is. I mean, give Alex Hale to go. Yeah, well, yeah. He's over in Australia. Pick pick one of the blokes in the Big Bash, yeah. I mean, take him for Darwin Milan. He's looked out of form all of a sudden. Oh, I'd, I'd say Milan will keep his spot, but he's, he might try and play his way back into form with a dead rubber. He's only had about 21 runs. He hasn't had a great series. Last but, four innings. Well, yeah. I mean, he started off well, but he's yeah, just... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did actually have Wokes coming in for Jimmy Anderson. He looks a bit tired as well. They've just got to try some stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter as much. They just have to field a team. But they'll, they'll think they have a chance. I think they'll think they have a chance. And they should. It depends if they win the toss. You will. Have they won one yet? Well, they won the first one and then they stuffed that up. So, yeah. I guess we'll quickly round out the Ashes with a random stat. This is courtesy of our good friend, Sir Swamp Thing. Ah, uh, yes. And the other essential follow for all sports fans. So in the first innings of this, Nathan Lyon scored 16 runs in 12 minutes. In the previous decade, Lyon had only made 17 runs at the SCG. <laughs> so you love those crazy... What a crazy stat. Oh, that's fantastic. That is just nuts. <laughs> so. oh, thanks, Swampy. Now, Nathan, a little bit extra going on around the world. So Bangladesh, in their tour of New Zealand... Very mixed results in the first two tests. Well, hats off to them. They had a win. Yeah, absolutely. Their first ever win in New Zealand. And they did it pretty comprehensively by eight wickets. It was an absolute smashing in Mount Manganui. Well, and, and New Zealand haven't lost at home for like two years. 17 tests or something. Hmm. I mean, obviously there's some draws there, but like it's huge. It, it is huge. Be- better opponents have failed to win in New Zealand in the last couple of years. So hats off to Bangladesh. Well Absolutely. Done. Yeah. Now they did come back to earth with a resounding Big thud time. in the second. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and again, good teams will bounce back. So New Zealand have done that. They will. So New Zealand six declared for 521. Won by an innings and 117 runs in this one. It was an absolute bloodbath. So 148-run opening stand between Tom Latham and Will Young. 215-run second-wicket stand between Latham and Devin Conway. Conway made 109. Latham out for 252. Yeah, huge. Not much resistance from the Bangladeshis, as I said. But the greatest part of this, Ross Taylor's last ever test... He takes the last wicket. Ah, very nice. I didn't see that. Removed Ebidot Hussain. Ah, bowling this little yeah. dibbly dobblet. So. so he finishes 0.3 yeah. overs, no maidens, one for none. That's awesome. And that's why they would have thrown him the ball because yeah. they would have thought, oh. Yeah, Sneaky yeah, chance. Well, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, awesome. That was a really, really nice moment. Great finish. Yeah. It, was, it was a pretty decent catch, actually. It was not a not a lolly by any stage. It was up a bloody mile. So good times. Yeah, very good. Just a little quick one on the BBL. The Perth Scorchers continuing to show they're a class above right now. They actually look better without Cameron Bancroft, which is... Yeah, I've always been a bit iffy on him on the short form. He has proved me wrong on occasion, but he can sometimes not score quick enough. He's too slow, yeah. Yeah. I think the one that the Scorchers lost the other day was out for 30 or 31, which you just you can't do. You can't chew up that many deliveries. 
and not make a score. So, look, a good win today. Seven points clear of the Sydney Thunder on top. They've played an extra game. I mean, how, there's a huge asterisk on this whole season. Oh, yeah. Zampa's come out and said that it's an absolute fast, that Cricket Australia's taking the piss. They played two matches in less than a day. Well, I think the reason that it, it has come across as so farcical, and I, I completely agree with Zampa, is that there have been times when the Melbourne Stars have had 10 first-name players gone. Yeah. Sitting in these, these COVID protocols. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they had so many staffers as well. So yeah. their, their whole squad, not just playing people, decimated. And so they've had to go in with these uncontracted grade cricketers. Funnily enough, my wife's half-sister actually is good friends with one of the guys who filmed Oh, there you go. So, cool. and, he, and he played really well for, oh, the, for the, the stars. So it, it is good, but then you look at the Scorchers and Adelaide Strikers game being postponed. So it's like, well, yeah. how fair is that? Yep. Yeah, there, there, there's no rhyme or reason. And this is what I was alluding to with Draymond Green last week, I think it was. He's like, well, where's the consistency? And they've played a night game and then they've had to back it up the very next day. So they've played two games in yeah, like 16 hours. Yeah, or I think something. they said it was a 15 hour game. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, and now, it's a shame. But now they've actually started talking about introducing this pool of replacement players to fill the gaps each player is kind of being assigned to a home team, so to speak. So, mm. so this, is, well, your, that's this is your club. Yeah, well, I saw that. I, I, can't, I didn't take note of his name, but I noticed there's a bloke that's already played for two different teams. Mm. So, yeah, it is becoming a bit silly. It is. But the thing is, at this stage, they've only listed one player for each team. Right. How fucking pointless is well, that? Well, the Melbourne Stars will be saying, uh, we might need a, might few, need more. a few more. They, I know Maxi's back. They, but... they need to add at least three or four more players per team as a bare minimum. Yeah. Like there is talk that they will increase those numbers, but why even start with one player? Yeah. There's going to be more than that out for every yeah, team. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's a, bit, it's a bit weird. You you would have thought you'd at least have a, a batter and a bowler. <laughs> at you, least you two. Would, you would think. That, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I tell you what, Stewie, I feel less bad about us always relegating the BBL to an afterthought because I listened to the recent Great Cricketer podcast and they barely talked about the BBL oh, as well. So clearly, like, yeah, who gives a shit? Maybe some young kids, I the mean, players themselves, I guess. But... I mean, we do being from Perth because our team's playing beautifully. But Yeah, well, again, it's a pretty big asterisk, isn't it? It, it's, it is. It's not, yeah. I think it, honestly, I think it'll just come down to Perth and the Sydney Thunder at this stage. They're the one team that I actually am a little bit scared of. Their batting lineup, when you look at guys like Jason Sanger, Matthew Gilks, they're, they're third and seventh on the, the run scorers. Billings is sitting eighth. Okay, he'll drop out to, to go. England, and yeah. yeah. Um, Alex Hales is sitting 12th, though. And you got Alex Ross. Usman Kawaja could come back in after the Ashes. Daniel Sams can beast them. Well, that's the thing. The whole landscape could change after the Ashes. So you just got to get into the finals. Hmm. With one game elimination, anything can happen. Perth could lose in the semis. So. It will be interesting. Though. Yeah. It will be interesting. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. 